0: Group Experience is a new and refreshing way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. Welcome to DBE. I'm your host, Stevie G. Whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any other audio platform, thanks so much for tuning in. You can also find the show on GroupExperience.com, the official home of the podcast. Need an idea for your next trip? Well, you are in the right place. Travel pros from Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana teamed up to put together Cowboys, Indians, and All That Jazz, an eight-day itinerary that takes you through each state and presents truly unique experiences. DBE is bringing you a three-part series that features the people who put this itinerary together. Check your show notes so you can follow along as we discuss this trip state by state. For today's episode, I'm joined by Todd Stallbommer from Oklahoma Tourism and Sandy Price from the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau. Todd and Sandy continue the journey that we started last week by telling us about great places to visit in Oklahoma City, as well as stops in other cities around the state like Sulphur, Tishamingo, and Durant. Here we go. I hope you enjoy part two of cowboys indians and all that jazz todd sandy welcome to destinations beyond expectations how are you guys great thanks yeah thank you guys so much for coming on to go over this portion of the uh itinerary it's a great itinerary for listeners out there you know that heather and i covered the first part uh where we talked about texas specifically grapevine texas And now I'm here with my Oklahoma friends to talk about the great state of Oklahoma. So are you guys ready to uh, go over your portion of the itinerary? Ready to go. Perfect. Well, let's start um, at the top at day number three. Day three. Um, So our first stop is at the Chickasaw Cultural Center in Sulphur, Oklahoma, and that has the Spirit Forest. Can you guys maybe uh, give me some insight, what is the Chickasaw Cultural Center, and tell me a little bit about the Spirit Forest.
1: Sure, so Chickasaw Cultural Center, like you said, is, is based in Sulphur, Oklahoma, in the south central portion of the state. Uh, it's about a 100 acres, 110 acre campus, uh, with multiple structures on the, on the campus itself. Um, where you can actually have the restaurant experience and have a traditional lunch or or meal there, or just do a tasting of some of the things that the Chickasaws would have had, like Indian taco or grape dumplings. Um, Then there also is a dance circle. Uh, So a lot of open air facilities throughout the cultural center as well. So they do dance demonstrations, uh, weather permitting outside. If they're not available uh, because of weather, they can move those inside uh, for the group's experience to have a traditional dance demonstration. Uh, They also have a traditional village that is set up at the base of of the hill, just on the edge of the Chickasaw National Recreation Area. And there you can experience the summer house, a winter house. different types of tribal things that would have been happening there as far as if the gardens are in season, the type of plants are available, the stickball courts, the the mound. Um, And then up at the top of the hill um, in one of the facilities is the actual display of history and culture. And there's actually some language of things that you can interact with, which part of that is the spirit forest. And it's a walkthrough forest um, with static displays of a lot of the animals and things you would see The climate changes as the day changes, so you're going to go through an entire 365 days over several hours if you're there, but not particularly going to be there that long, but you will experience change in day while you're inside. Um, There's speaking parts that the animals will tell you traditional stories, Um, and it may be the story of the turtle or it may be the story of the little people, um, it could be the water actually giving you a story about the the success and the the needs and facilitation of water within the cultural um, aspects of the Chickasaws as well.
0: So it sounds like to me the Chickasaw Cultural Center is truly, I mean, truly a really great place to immerse yourself in Native culture and kind of learn about it at a a, a whole different level than maybe you know someone's used to.
1: Definitely, it has. I mean, all the aspects that are available to, and especially with groups and things like that that gives you more of a full experience of what it is to be Chickasaw then and now. There's also modern displays of telling stories of the first astronaut to go into space was a Chickasaw. Um, So it's a whole story that comes full circle.
0: That's fantastic. Now, when, when I think of Oklahoma, I have to be honest, I don't think of chocolate. That's just, I don't know, just doesn't come to mind, I guess, right away. But here in the itinerary, and I don't want to mispronounce this, so you'll have to help me with this, but there is a fine chocolate uh, place that you can visit, and it's the only Native American owned chocolate company in the world. Can you help me out with that pr- pronunciation of that uh, fine chocolate uh, store and sure, tell me a little bit about it's it? It's
1: Bedre. So, Bedray Chocolate, um, like it's the only Native owned chocolate company in the world. Um, some of the famous things they're known for are chocolate covered potato chips, um, chocolate dribb- drizzled popcorn um, melts, chocolate melts. So like little toffees and things like that, they, it is a production facility on site with a glass barrier. So if production is going on while you're in the gift shop, you can see the chocolates actually being made there.
0: That's so cool. You can actually see it being made right in front of your eyes. So I guess after, you know, really immersing yourself in native American culture at the Chickasaw cultural center and getting some fine chocolate, um, it's time to move on to Oklahoma City, of course, the capital of Oklahoma, where you will enjoy some dinner and an overnight stay. Uh, Todd, Sandy, if you're gonna grab dinner in Oklahoma City, is there maybe a restaurant that uh, you had in mind if you were gonna you know, get some grub?
2: Well, it depends on what you want for dinner and whether you wanna eat or dine. We have some great uh, diners, but we also have a great fine dining scene as well as uh, arm to table. Um, a lot of locally owned restaurants. Um, Cattleman's has always got to be on your list for dining. It's in the National Stockyards. Uh, oldest continuous working restaurant in Oklahoma City. Um, they age their own steaks and cut them, and it's it's just a great experience. We have really good barbecue, uh, Mexican food, steaks. Todd, do you want to... List
1: your favorites. Yeah, sure. And one of the things that's great in, in Oklahoma City is ethnic diversity. So if you want to go into an area and try a specialty kind of product, the, the, the mixture of things that are available in Oklahoma, you have everything from some Southern cuisine with Southern flair to uh, the largest Vietnamese population in the country and the traditional pho and how it's created here and, and going through all of the things that you can have along with that line. So there's really a, a, an immense opportunity Uh, for a food scene in Oklahoma city
2: i don't think people expect us to have a large vietnamese uh, food scene going on so i think that's that's kind of a, a nice surprise for them but um it really is um top top vietnamese cuisine
0: perfect so whether it's vietnamese or some other kind of cuisine there's certainly no shortage of food options so after grabbing a solid dinner It's time to get some rest, and we'll go to day number four.
2: Day four.
0: Uh, So day four kicks off by trotting over to Remington Park Racing and Casino for a stable tour and to see the workings of an active quarter and thoroughbred horse track. Uh, I mean, tell me a little more about the Remington Park Racing and Casino.
2: Well, it probably has one of the longest uh, racing seasons of any racetrack. So they run both a a quarter horse season and a thoroughbred season. And the quarter horse season is mid-March through uh, the latter part of May. And then thoroughbred season will pick up in mid-August and run through mid-December. A lot of fine dining at Remington Park. And as well, they can do uh, food demonstrations. You can do beer tastings. Uh, with your group, you can do a barbecue dinner demonstration and they just they just offer all kinds of cuisine there. Now one thing about the stable tour, you have to schedule it at certain times because uh, the horses nap. Um, so you can't tour the the stables when the horses are napping. but uh, it really is amazing to set up back behind the racetrack and it's something that people who enjoy racing really should see the behind the scenes.
0: That sounds incredibly, incredibly unique. Um, One other unique stop, I guess, in Oklahoma City, uh, one of many unique stops, but it's next on our itinerary, is the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. What what might you find there, Sandy?
2: Well, you will find amazing Western art, one of the, the most expensive collections of Western art in the world. But you also have wonderful historical galleries. You have the Native American gallery. You have the Rodeo Hall of Fame. So there's a rodeo gallery with the replica 1930s rodeo arena, or you can see video of all of the rodeo events and learn a little something about them. You have a gallery for uh, Cowboys of the Silver screen. So you've got some John Wayne, some Big Valley, uh even up to the more current cowboy western movies that are shot. There's also a little theater in there that is uh, where you can sit down and listen to a little bit of the history of Cowboys and the Silver Screen. And then there's a new edition they opened uh, this last summer, and it's called Licho Koshimo, and it's Chickasaw for Let's Play. In in the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, they have a western town called Prosperity Junction It has 17 life-size turn-of-the-century buildings you can walk through Um, most of them you can walk into and they took that uh, western village and opened it to the outside grounds and through a general store and then they have seven Native American dwellings out on the the lawn with um, history and history of the tribes and the dwellings those Seven Western, those seven Indian dwellings are not Oklahoma tribes. The National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum is sponsored by the 17 Western states. So those dwellings cover the 17 Western states and it's not just an Oklahoma museum.
0: So, in pretty much everything we've covered so far, Native American culture has been part of the conversation. Native American history has very close ties with Oklahoma, and throughout the state, you'll get to learn about the individual tribes and their way of life, because as Sandy puts it,
2: It's a story that needs to be told.
0: Indeed. Now, switching gears a little bit, when I travel, I find it important to visit impactful and historic places. The tragic Oklahoma City bombing took place in 1995, and the city has a memorial and museum to help give visitors perspective and understanding of this event.
2: They have a beautiful outdoor memorial that is open 24 hours a day, and is um, managed by park rangers. But then they have a wonderful museum that just walks you through a day like any other day, through the event, through the rescue effort. Um, legislation that was changed uh, and where we've gone from there and it's told in chapters then after the federal government w- was able to turn loose of all of the uh, trial memorabilia they turned it over to the museum and so so now they have a, a wonderful a, a really interesting story to tell about the trial and and how they, captured timothy they as quick as they did and and how they brought him to justice and it was all of the the organizations working together the states working with the federal government and and just everyone came together in one effort um, some of the th- new things that they offer now for for groups is a first person story which is really really emotional because they bring in a first responder a survivor or a family member and they let them tell their story of how it affected their life but also how they have gone on with their life and the changes it's made and it's it's really an impactful statement for them
0: very very fascinating and and something we can all probably visit and get gain a lot from you know after visiting that getting new perspective um, of those tragic events of 1995. Shifting gears back to sort of the Native American influence here, Um, I know the First American Museum was supposed to open in spring of 2021. I don't know if it has or hasn't. You guys can let me know with all the difficulties we faced in this last year of COVID. Um, But tell me a little bit about the First Americans Museum.
2: Well, it's opening September 18th of 2021. COVID did push it back a little bit. uh, Some of that had to do with the Smithsonian able to get exhibits Oklahoma City Um, but it is they like to say many nations one place so it it is focused on all the 39 tribes in Oklahoma and it is actually the first time they've been able to tell their story in their words the way they want to tell it Um, so it's a it's a great opportunity for the tribes it's a great great thing for the state of Oklahoma And we're just very fortunate that it's in Oklahoma City. One of the galleries that they are opening is called Homecoming. And they have gone to the Smithsonian and borrowed back some of their um, artifacts. And when they display them, the way they want to display them is they tell the story, not just display an artifact uh, that's wonderful and beautiful and historical, but tell the story because Everything that the tribes or the nations do has a story behind it and a history behind it. And that sometimes gets lost in the beauty of the artifacts. So they have an opportunity to do that. It um, sits on a hundred acres uh, that will be developed around it, but it has large outdoor area where they can do many demonstrations and, and really just just bring people into their culture and their world and tell their story.
0: Beautiful. So, after a, a full afternoon of learning about cowboys, Native Americans, um, taking some time to reflect, it's time for an evening event or uh, piece on the itinerary. And it says on the itinerary this evening, experience dinner and a canal ride through Bricktown, the Southwest's fastest growing entertainment district, uh, boosting over 50 eateries and neighborhoods. Uh, tell me a little bit about Bricktown.
2: Well, Bricktown's the old warehouse district in Oklahoma City and sat uh, in total disrepair for years. And some gentlemen just decided to to bring it back to life. I mean, the buildings that red brick last a long time. So they started developing it. And uh, we had a program called MAPS, which is Metropolitan Area Projects. And one of them was was to revitalize Bricktown. We built a new AAA baseball park there. Um, And we built a mile long canal with water taxis. And the water taxi drivers give you a great history of the area as you ride it through. There are restaurants lined along the canal as well as about a four or five square block area around it. Uh, We've opened several hotels down there. There's still activity going on. We have uh, a, a new Renaissance opening late this fall restaurants that are opening from this month on through the end of the year. So it's a lot of options. It's a compact area that's easy to walk and then some entertainment in there with the um, canal and the baseball park and a movie theater and some things like that. So we, we now have a new trolley system that runs downtown about four and a half miles uh, and into our little pocket neighborhoods that all have their own personality. And also runs through Bricktown.
0: Awesome. And after a full day, uh, it's been pretty jam-packed so far. But, you know, if you still have some energy left in your day, you can continue uh, with some gaming time at Remington Park.
2: Well, that's the racetrack. So they have lights on it, so we do race in the evening. But then they have a casino um, in, on in the north end of the racetrack that is also open at night. So you, And it is Race the racing and the casino are all free and open to the public, and they have entertainment in the casino also. So it's it's a nice it's a nice way to wind down at the end of the evening and maybe you know take home a little extra pocket money.
0: Perfect. Well, let's jump to day number five.
2: Day five.
0: Um, day five starts uh, with breakfast in the historic Stockyards City and a tour of the National Stockyards Exchange. What's this experience like?
2: Well, we, we are the largest stocker feeder cattle auction in the United States. Uh, every Monday and Tuesday, we auction cattle um, from 7 a.m. until they run out of their lots for the day, so until late evening. It's, um, it's a very unique, real cultural experience, and that you can walk the, the catwalk up over the cattle pens and into the auction barn and watch them auction. Uh, uh, herd of cattle before I can even count how many are in it Um, and it's it's really entertaining the auctioneers are very entertaining and it's a real experience we also have uh, the only female general manager for stockyards in the United States and she is quite the character and I would encourage people to try to catch her and have a conversation with her she's incredibly knowledgeable from Oklahoma entertaining loves what she does and and can give you more facts and figures about what's going on in the stockyards than probably you ever care to know. But it's just a great, a great real experience.
0: And do you know her name by chance? Can you drop her, her name? Her
2: name is Kelly Payne. And there's also, uh, you know, Cattleman's is in the stockyards. There's Rodeo Opry, which has really good country-western entertainment every Saturday night. And then another restaurant called McClintock's, which is a, a um an evening restaurant uh, in Bricktown. So you have a couple of options for dining also.
0: So after a really great time in Oklahoma City, it looks like we're on the way to Durant. And on the itinerary, it says, you know, take a stop for lunch at Blake Shelton's Old Red. Um, Tell me about uh, Blake Shelton's Old Red. What kind of food might you find there?
1: So you're headed back south and into Tishomingo. And this old red is the original honky tonk that Blake has opened. I know there's some other locations, but this is in his hometown. And some of the favorites that you're gonna find really good comfort food. You're gonna find that chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, a, a half pound burger with fries. Some amazing desserts. Um, usually there's um, depending on the time of day you're there there's entertainment available as well and they've expanded it also so there's the extra seating area um, it's it's a pretty small facility to begin with but with the expansion things are really opened up and right next door you can stop into his mom's store where she does repurposed uh, materials and clothing and all kinds of things. So right there on site, if you get a chance, you know, sometimes you get a little brush with, with the famous part of Blake Shelton through his mother.
0: At the top of the itinerary, we visited the Chickasaw Cultural Center. Um, but as we mentioned, you know, each native American branch is different and there's the Choctaw Cultural Center. Um, tell me a little bit about the Choctaw Cultural Center. Um, what might you get to experience there?
1: Sure. So the, that's one of the beautiful things with the the First Americans Museum in Oklahoma City is it gives you a little taste of the 39 tribes that are headquartered in the state of Oklahoma, and then if you want, you can go out into the actual areas where these tribes' territories are or their jurisdictions are. Um, little bit of difference in the terminology of reservation and things like that. You don't go out onto the housing and things that you necessarily see in what people would typically experience at a reservation. So it's very integrated community. Um, but the Choctaw Cultural Center is the newest cultural center represented by any single tribe in the state. And they go through a lot of storytelling and they the turtle guides you in part of the area. But it kind of you can compare and contrast some of the tribes that are here in the state with the at one time, the Chickasaw and Choctaw were one tribe and they actually split. And they both the cultural centers talk about the story and also kind of why those stories split apart. And being able to see the Chickasaws retain these part of their culture, the Choctaws retain theirs part of the culture. Some of it's shared and some of it's very unique to each individual. So it does give you at least that comparison uh, when you start realizing that. Really, all of these tribes are different. And one of the ways you kind of to give a good current explanation is like if you think of gathering up the countries of Europe and taking people from France and people from Italy and people from Switzerland and people from Germany and people from Spain and putting them all in Portugal and saying, you all are Europeans, now get along. And you're just branded as Europeans. Well, that's what happened with the Native Americans here in the United States, was they were all gathered up and moved into this little territory because they were all Indians and they should get along and know each other. But they had different languages. They had different belief systems. They had different ways. Some were nomadic. Some were agrarian, Some are patriarchal. Some are matriarchal. So being able to kind of learn and study these things is like taking a tour of Europe, but thousands of years ago.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I'm sure we can really gain a new perspective uh, when we, when we visit for sure. Um, well, Sandy Todd, it's great to have you guys on the podcast. You guys represent um, organizations that can really help people, visitors traveling to Oklahoma, to Oklahoma and Oklahoma city. Um, can you maybe tell me a little bit about your organization and how, you know visitors can find you guys and and use you as a resource when they visit oklahoma and oklahoma city
2: sure i'm with the oklahoma city convention and visitors bureau and they can find us at visitokc.com. uh and we help um individual travelers we help group travel we have a convention sales department we have a sports department a, a big marketing department so if you need photos or you need um um, images or anything like that then that's what we're here to do we we certainly market all of our partners in Oklahoma City um, and we really want the visitor to have the best experience whatever that best experience is to them um, a lot of times people say what is there to do and we'll start with what do you like to do uh, because we do feel like we have a variety of things to do the rich cowboy and Indian or cowboy and native American culture we have um, great outdoor experiences and sports experiences in a modern city so it it really we try to tailor it to what what people and think that they or what they enjoy to do but we also try to sneak in a little history because they may not think that they like cowboys but the national cowboy and western heritage museum is a truly unique experience and and so we we try to kind of nudge them into things that are unique and expose them to new things while still feeling what they what they feel like is their ultimate vacation experience.
1: And I represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department, um, all border to border to border to border to border to border and to try to do some of the similar things. Our website is travelok.com. And again, trying to facilitate that best experience, whether it's experiencing part of the outdoor uh, activities that we have throughout the state, which we're the most diverse state ecologically with 12 unique eco regions uh, across our borders. We have more shoreline in the East coast and Gulf coast combined. So a lot of people don't think about water activities in Oklahoma, but they're plentiful and abundant throughout the state. Uh, our rich American Indian history, Western culture, the longest stretch of route 66 that's left of drive original drivable miles um, those are the kind of activities that we want to bring to you and all, all available through our website. We have the images. Video is plentiful as well. We have a weekly television show called Discover Oklahoma TV, and you can check its YouTube channel out um, and see a lot of the attractions, a lot of the restaurants and activities throughout the state through that venue as well.
0: Well, Sandy, Todd, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking through the second part of this really wonderful itinerary. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that about does it for Cowboys, Indians, and All That Jazz Part 2. We still have Part 3 to go, so stick around next week to explore All That Jazz in Louisiana. A big DBE thank you to Todd from Oklahoma Tourism and Sandy from the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau for joining me today. Make sure to check the show notes for this episode to learn even more about their organizations. The DBE podcast is powered by Group Experience. You can actually listen to the show right on groupexperience.com or you can find DBE wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's all I've got for now. Make sure to tune in next week. Have a fabulous day and I will talk to you soon.